Welcome to the Vacation Effect Podcast, where we discuss time and lifestyle hacks for the busy entrepreneur, helping you grow your business even faster by working less and having a lot more fun. Now, here's your host, Denise Gosnell. Hey there, welcome back to the Vacation Effect Podcast. This is your host, Denise Gosnell, and today we're going to be raw, unfiltered, and you're in for a real treat with my guest, Lisa Cherney. Lisa now known as the Queen of Clarity, is the host of the groundbreaking confession-based show, Get Effing Real, for successful, soulful entrepreneurs. She's also the founder of the GFR Squad, a lively community that's serious about embracing the, the GFR lifestyle and living a life without regrets. In 2014, after 15 years in business, Lisa got effing real and dismantled her successful seven-figure business as the juicy marketing expert. Sure, she was proud of the financial accomplishment, but she felt burdened by the monster she had created. It simply did not make her happy. Lisa learned that just because something is successful and people like it, it doesn't mean that you have to keep doing it. She always knew she had a low tolerance for not being happy. After all, she left a successful corporate career with companies like AT&T and Lipton at age 28. But now she knows her mission is to help other successful and soulful business owners get effing real so that they can get out of their own way and help more people. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lisa. I'm excited to talk to you. Me too. I'm so happy. Yeah. Um, you know, it was so cool how you and I met last year at uh, the New Media Summit. You were a sponsor at that event. And I just love your branding and, you know, the way you show up in the world, like your podcast is called, you know, the GFR show and your brand is get effing real. And I just, there's just an authenticity to you about owning who you are and not apologizing for it. So I'm looking forward to chatting about some of those uh, principles with you today. Is that, is that fair game? That sounds awesome. And, and I think you appreciate and see that in me because you're pretty GFR like <laughs> yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. And thank you for having me uh, as a guest on your show as well. That was so much fun doing that interview with you. It was really great. And I, I mean, your story is so powerful. For, so for any of your listeners that really haven't heard the nitty gritty, um, it, it's really worth a listen. You'll get to know your host a lot more. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, and that would be episode one if any of you want to know what she's talking about. That's where I kind of tell that story. Or go listen to Lisa's episode where she interviewed me and I shared some stuff there that I never actually talk about. So she's good at getting the the deep the dirt out of people that they don't normally share. <laughs> so I do have that knack. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I would love to have you tell us more about how you came up with the uh, idea of your GFR commandments. What are they? Like, I know I'm not asking you, of course, to read all of them, but what does that mean? What do they stand for? So about two years ago, when I could feel that it was time for my business and my mission to evolve. So I, I, my background is in, you know, marketing and selling and like business development and all that kind of thing. I was feeling like, okay, there's something emerging for me. I'm evolving. I need to, I'm looking to see how I'm going to express my evolution, you know, in the world. I've been an entrepreneur for 21 years um, and as much like yourself, you know, have reinvented myself multiple times, different businesses. And I was really looking at, okay, you know, I've been coaching mission-driven entrepreneurs, purpose-driven entrepreneurs for, you know, at that point, 18 years. and 
what is the, you know, what were the themes? You know, what kept coming up for people? And, and mission-driven folks are kind of a unique breed, you know? It's like our business is so personal and it is so tied to our own, you know, growth and stretches and all that kind of stuff. And I was like journaling and looking at notes. And like the next thing I knew, Denise, I had these 12 things. I'm like, this is, this is like the 12 things that I say over and over again to my clients. And these are the 12 things that keep them from like really leaning in and going for it. And these are the 12 things that, you know, keep them from maybe even utilizing investments if other things that they, you know, that they made that thought were, that they thought were really going to help them and they're not really utilizing them. And so I had these 12 things and before long, the GFR mission came to pass. I knew I needed to really help people get real about how they are getting in their way and what's slowing them down from really achieving their mission and get real wasn't strong enough. So I added the F and uh, I think it just adds a bit of a wake up factor to it and a little bit of Jersey, as my husband would say, (laughs) you need to add Jersey to that. And the 12 things became the roadmap for getting real. And we call them the GFR commandments. Gotcha. That's great. Well, and you know, so get effing real or, you know, spelled out, get fucking real. It's going to be marked explicit. So we're good. So awesome. That's what it stands for. You know, (laughs) I I mark all my episodes explicit, even though very rarely is an F bomb even dropped because I don't want to have to censor what we talk about. I want to be raw, authentic, say what you want to say. Okay. Like this is marked where you can say what you want to say. Like, you know, the entrepreneur needs to hear raw and they need to hear real and they need to hear the truth. So I just wanted you to know that it's totally cool to talk about that. So, um, yeah, so I love that. So you added the, uh, the F to the GFR as a giving it more emphasis because, so I, I love that because it wasn't strong enough before, right? <laughs> so. It wasn't. And there's not, I also think the F adds urgency because I really do believe there's urgency, you know, now more than ever, it's us mission driven, purpose driven, you know, inspired business owners that are the ones that are going to make the biggest difference. And we can't waste any more freaking time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so very true. And so, you know, at the end, Lisa will give us a link to where you can download your own copy of the, the 12 GFR commandments. But right now, I'd love to ask you about a couple of them that really resonate with me and what you know, the principles that I teach and that I, that really ring true for me. Um, You know, I love number five, um, make yourself your most important client, for example. And, you know, like I always talk about how important it is to build a, your business around your life instead of the other way around. You know, all half my life I did it the other way around. I was the workaholic entrepreneur, as we talked about before. Um, and then I finally figured out that it was so much more serving to make yourself, you know, your most important client, as you say, to use your words, but to build your, your business around your life versus the other way around. So is that what you mean by make yourself your most important client? Is my spin on how I norm, what, what I normally teach, what you mean by that? Or tell me more about that. I'd love to hear. I love your spin. And I think that for many people, that is how they interpret it is that I need to make myself a priority is how I would say that. And I for sure think that's important. And then I would add to it um, what is really illuminated by the confession question. So each of the commandments, when you all get your copy, you'll see that there's these commandments like make yourself your most important client. And then each of them has a confession question, which just helps you kind of, you know, 
really get a bit introspective about the thing. And, and by the way, you're not meant to do all 12. So don't worry. You're not like downloading a 12 step program. It's you're, you're really, you're meant to read the confession questions. You'll see they kind of go along the top and just see like, Oh, which one is hitting me in the gut right now? <laughs> so the confession question for commandment number five, yourself, your most important client is if I was my own client, what would I tell myself? What else would I tell myself and what else? So not only do you make yourself a priority, but to take it even further, you are essentially making sure that you do your own work, that you are walking your talk. And sometimes it's just sort of getting up to speed with the basics, like if Denise is amazing and walking talk, but let's just say, you know, she lapsed and she worked too much one week. You know, it would really be about, you know, calling herself on that and, and making sure she kind of gets back to, you know, where she really wants to be. And I also really emphasize that it, it is sometimes looking at where do I actually need to evolve my own work, my own philosophy, my own program to help myself right now. Like I don't, I don't think the tool is there. That really is the thing that I need right now. And so if you really dig in and you make of your most important client and you see how you create to really serve and evolve yourself, it then actually even evolves your work and has you be able to serve at a higher or a different level. And so that's the thing that I'm most fascinated about that particular commandment. Yeah, thank you so much, Lisa, for expanding on that. Make yourself your most important client. I think it's just, you know, so important. And I love how you um, explained that there's a question to make yourself your most important client. If I was my own client, what would I tell myself? What else would I tell myself? Because that's so true. It's like, we're not always good at following our own advice. We're good at giving advice, but we're not always good at following it, right? <laughs> So true. I heard someone say yesterday, like, it, it is so important to listen, always really important to listen to what you say to people, because oftentimes we say what we need to hear, which is very true. Yeah, that's great. So I really like that one. You know, another one that really stands out to me of the, the 12 is the one, and this is where you and I started the conversation is don't worry about being normal, proper or polite. <laughs> so Tell me what you mean by that. I have my own interpretation of it, but I want to hear yours. I love this one because I, I feel like it just like gives everybody permission to be a bit sassy. <laughs> you know, I, I, there's a, there's a couple of different ways that this, I have found this one really to serve people. So um, let me first share that the confession question for don't worry about being normal, proper or polite is where am I not speaking my truth? And that I think illuminates the intention of this command is to help us to see where we may be watering things down. And I often talk about people's soapbox when I talk about this one, because I think that is a superpower that us passion, mission-driven folks have is just our fire in our belly for our mission. You know, and you are so, you know, you're a walking example of this with the vacation effect. You know, I learned this the hard way. Please let me help you. Like, don't do that. You know, don't, you don't need to do it like that. And, you know, you're just, you're on a mission, right, to help people be able to show up differently in their business and, you know, and, and make the changes they need to make. And so, and I find that um, often people are so worried about um, 
turning somebody off, um, you know, maybe even getting in trouble or just being perceived in a certain way that they will, you know, water things down, not really in, in the face of, you know, not be in people's faces enough and, and not in a, and not in a, a way that is rude, but just like, don't, don't hold back. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like no time for that. Just, just let it all out. And it's very freeing for people that really take this one on. Yeah, that's really important. Like, um, you know, like, for example, I had a call with a client earlier today where I was calling him out on something that we've talked about six calls in a row. And I, I gave him a virtual choke over Zoom. I'm like, this is me choking you. Like, what is the <laughs> problem here? I said, do you feel my hands around your neck? This is me choking <laughs> you. And I made him like pause for a minute. And he's like, I'm like, what is the problem here? I love you, dude. But like, I'm calling you on this. So that, is that an example of what you mean about, well, you're yes. saying, where am I not expressing my truth? But man, that's an example of doing it with a client. But how oh, is that? And it here? is, that is ex- exactly what it is. Like doing it with a client or doing it, doing it in your marketing or, you know, doing it on a, on a podcast. Like y- you could have chosen to once again, let this client show up and like not make the or have the issue I had this whole time. My clients, right? They don't even remember what we talked about. And it, it is sometimes, it could feel like the easier way to do it is to, to not say something like, oh, they're going to think I'm pushing them or, you know, whatever. But like that makes you, you by the virtual, I'm choking you. Yeah. You know, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it also ensures, so there's a marketing component to this that when you then put it out there, let's just say you tell the story in a Facebook post and I virtually choked my client because it was the sixth time. Then people that are attracted to that and think that's awesome and are, are would be so like they would hire you more because they know that you would call them out. Like then you attract your ideal clients and you don't have to pretend to be anything that you're not when you do. Right. I think that's the key that you just said. It's like you attract the ideal client and you repel the ones that are, you're not meant to serve anyway. Would you yes, think that's ma'am. a truism? Okay. Totally. I mean, my, where I started this whole entrepreneur journey was in a company called marketing.com. And that was the crux of my, the, even the impetus for me to create conscious marketing and figure out what all that meant for me in a time where there was nobody talking about any of that 20 years ago was that people were not being themselves and they weren't attracting what they want. Like it was so plain and simple to me. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, like you're right. So many people are afraid to step into um, their truth and to call people out on stuff or to um, worry about, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make them mad if I call them on this. So um, yeah, I I find that clients actually appreciate me more when I'm raw and real with them. And that's what they're paying me for. They're paying me to call them on their bullshit. They're paying me to see around corners that they don't see. And if I don't let them know what I'm seeing, they're not getting what they're paying for. So to all of you listening, it's like you are doing your clients a disservice if you're not calling them out on their bullshit. You can do it politely. You can do it with virtual chokes or whatever you need to do, but you're doing them a disservice if you don't help them. I agree. And I think it extends to marketing that you're doing people a disservice if you are not saying the thing. If you're not saying like, Hey, I do not believe in medication. And if you don't want to, you want to get off all your medication, then I'm your gal. Like I have, you know, people 
that they're hiding parts of themselves. I'm afraid to come out and say that I don't believe in medication because on the blank of I'm going to get in trouble or they're going to be turned off. But while all the people that really would resonate with your message are not hearing you. So it's, it's, it applies to your marketing as well. In fact, that's where I think the truth telling should start. Yeah. Let's talk more about that because of your background from consciousmarketing.com when you, you know, when you first started your own companies, what's the biggest mistake you see entrepreneurs making in their marketing? Is it that, was it what we were just talking about or is there a bigger one? I think that it's that. And, and there's multiple ways that I see them not speaking their truth. One is about themselves and the, and, and the gifts that they have. So that actually, uh, uh, connects with their commandment um, number 10, which is know that the struggle, stress, or pain with your expertise enormous monetary value. And the question is, where am I not owning my value and what is it costing me? So that's a, a big place that I see people holding themselves back and not speaking their truth is just who they are, what their expertise is, you know, just putting it out there. And then the other piece of it is who their ideal client is, really being willing to get specific. And that doesn't mean narrow and it doesn't mean limiting. It just means specific. And in some cases, it actually creates exponential results that are beyond what you can imagine because you are willing to just stake a claim as to who your people are and how you help them. Gotcha. Yeah. That's some, some people are just too afraid to take a stand. You know, it's like, even if you don't agree with me, it's okay, but I at least want to take a stand, <laughs> you know, like I've got my own unique view on life purpose that I share in some of my episodes and in some of my interviews and not everybody of different religions or whatever the case is, is going to agree with my take on life purpose. But you know what, probably 30 or 40% of the people listening, it might be life transformative for them and I'm happy to have served them. And it's like, take what you want and take what you like and leave the rest, but don't be afraid to take a stand. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like a big part of my mission is giving people permission. I just, I give you all permission now, <laughs> like to be yourself, to say the things, to call people out, to call them up, to really be clear about what your mission is here on this, and this time on this planet to, to carry out. Yeah, what you just said there, Lisa, is so important. I'd like to dig deeper into it. This notion of permission you know, it's interesting what you were talking about there and giving us permission to, you know, take a stand. Well, it's so funny, like with my private coaching clients that I work with through the vacation effect, it's so funny when I tell them I'm giving them permission to take, to do a 30 day experiment where, you know, they take the two days off per week, two business days off per week to do this 30 day experiment. So it's eight for the total month. And it's like, I give them permission to do it. Like they didn't have permission anywhere. They're the freaking CEO of the company, but yet me somehow giving them permission and saying, look, it's just an experiment. It's not forever. I'm going to help you through any obstacles that come up. We're just trying to find the inefficiencies so we can optimize them in the later modules and in the later things we're going to work on together. So just do it. Like it, they do it when I give them permission. It's like, why is it as humans that we need somebody else to give us permission? Do you have any insights or thoughts on that? Well, a lot of it has to, I do, <laughs> and a lot of it has to do with guilt that we fabricate. And I, and like, it's just, it is, this whole thing is fascinating to me about how we get in our own way, right? Like I worked on, I worked with people in marketing and sales forever, 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 but I, but I always wound up 
helping them in the space before they could actually do the things <laughs> that I was recommending in marketing and sales. It was like I could, I was helping them where they were getting in their own way. And that's what is just, it, that's what is super fascinating to me is where, where we hold ourselves back. Why do we, you know, why are we doing that? And you know, you could feel guilty that you're in your, when you're working in your business, that you're not with your kid. And then you're with your kid, you feel guilty that you're not working when your business. And that just sounds like a really stressful life to live. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's huge though. You're so right. Like guilt is a huge thing that, you know, if I had to pick one thing that every single one of my clients that I've worked with, um, you know, through helping them build a um, business around their life versus the other way around, you know, all my entrepreneur clients, literally guilt was the number one thing I've had to help every single one of them overcome for the exact reason you just explained, feeling guilty when they're not working all the time. It's just, it's so, it's so crazy that it's in, ingrained in our culture in North America so much and uh, other countries around the world as well, but especially North America that you're, you're like, you're lazy if you're not working all the time. Isn't it crazy how we've propagated that idea when it makes no logical sense that if you can get half, you know, get, get as much done in half the time that there's nothing to feel guilty about. Yes, it, it is fascinating to me. And then on a personal level where people won't take a break in the, you know, in the afternoon when if they actually took, like I meditate in the afternoon around three, four, five o'clock and it's amazing. It gives me this complete reset. Like somebody just rebooted me and I know that I get so much more hours of productivity and presence with my family. And it's, you know, the, like how much I needed to overcome to, to, to say, you know what, that 30 minutes is, will be so much more productive later on if I take a break. So it's, it's, it's a macro problem and a, and an interesting daily micro problem. You know, I, uh, I, I love what you just said there. So are you saying that you do your meditation in the afternoon? Well, I, yes. And I'm, I'm trained in transcendental meditation and in TM for short, what they recommend is that you meditate in the morning when you wake up and then you meditate in the afternoon, like before dinner ish. And that's the, what they recommend. And their, their belief system is that it gives you an opportunity to truly benefit more from the post meditation um, benefits than if you do it like at night before you go to sleep, because then you're just going to sleep. So I loved it. It created a new habit for me when I got certified in 2010 and I love it. It's, it's, it, and it's the, it's sometimes the harder one to do for me, but it is phenomenally, uh, restorative. You know, that's, that's great. And so, so you're saying that under, you know, transcendental meditation, what you've been taught, and now you believe it for yourself too, right? Let's take a stand here. Do you believe it? Do you, does it work for you? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> See, I'm calling Lisa on her own question because <laughs> you, you, you said it in the third person, like you weren't owning it. So it's like, um, you know, do you own it? Does it work for you? <laughs> so, um, yeah. but, no, but what's cool though is, um, you know, I hear so, you know, and I normally just meditate once per day, but I love, I'll have to try out that idea of doing it twice a day in the morning. And then you said right before dinner is what they recommended. Like, yeah, like I would say time. three, four, you know, five o'clock like that, like, you know, okay. late in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so anybody who's listening that wants even more information on meditation and think you're not good at it or don't even know where to start. I did an amazing interview with Jason Campbell. He's a, Zen, he owns a company called Zen Wellness. And he's a, he's a Zen master. He's a meditation expert. He's a, an incredible musician, just 
it was a great interview on meditation. Lisa, you would actually enjoy it too, even though you're already really deep into meditation. Jason had some amazing things to share. So oh, I cool. recommend you I'll check, check that it out. out. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think that has helped you, you know, because as crazy busy entrepreneurs, you know, like being able to keep sanity in our lives is so important, especially now more than ever, right? Um, so how has meditation helped you in, you know, keeping that calm and that, and that clarity? Well, I think you'll appreciate this story. Um, when I was drawn to learn to meditate, it was the year that I hit seven figures. So this was like before I hit seven figures, but it was it was the year that everything was pumped up, right? You know, the, the volume and, you know, of clients and, and events and trainings. And, you know, I was hitting a, what I felt was a ceiling in my way of being able to manage all the things that the moving parts that were, that were going on. Now there were some new productivity things that I put in place, but I also reached for meditation because I found myself, you know, that's such an appropriate story for you. I found myself craving a vacation like every day. I wanted to go on a vacation. And I, you know, that that idea of what's gonna happen when you go on vacation and the outcome, like in theory, it's like, oh, I'm gonna relax and you know, drink my tie. I don't even drink, but it's like you picture like the umbrella drink, you know, and the, you know, the lee, the, the, the waves and the sand and all that stuff. But in my experience, I don't always come back from vacations feeling the way that I you know, want to or envision. And, and so I was just craving that vacation feeling. And that's when I found TM and I got trained and it actually, that is the outcome that I get from meditating is that I actually have that feeling like I would envision you would get when you come back from vacation, except I get to have it, you know, every day. So it, it just, it slows everything down. It helps me be more present I feel more intentional. I am able to respond to things in a more appropriate manner. And you all know what I'm talking about when we respond inappropriately or <laughs> bigger than, you know, bigger than really is warranted, you know, and I'm able to be so much more present with my family. Like I would just be so just toast at the end of the day. And, you know, that's the date, that's the time that, you know, you would, I would get to spend with them and I would just, you know, feel like I couldn't really um, you know, connect. So I, I can go on and on about it. And I love TM. I also do guided meditations too, but TM to me is so, it's the way I describe it. It's so simple and predictable. Like every single time I do it, I get the, I get that effect. That's great. I'll have to try that. And, you know, I do various types of meditations. Um, uh, my favorite one is to actually um, go into the meditation with a question I want answered. And I've had some life-changing um, experiences that I've talked about in some of my other episodes happen from going into the meditation, asking a question. The Vacation Effect Company was born out of asking a question. The schedule that I've always wanted was born out of an answer I got in meditation. So just really cool how sometimes I feel like God's whispering in my ear in meditation when I hear these clear sentences, or maybe it's my higher self. I don't even know. I don't really care. I just know it's I was going to say, yeah, I don't wisdom. know. I don't care. <laughs> It's like, it's always such sage advice. I'm not sure who's giving it to me, but I, I like, you know, I always really, you know, study the words and think about what does this really mean and how can I experiment with what this means to me and what I'm meant to learn from this. But, you know, the, the, the best one that led to the creation of the vacation effect was the one that, um, where I was whispered in, in my ear, you know, not literally, of course, but that's what it felt like in the meditation was make today what you want tomorrow to be. 
And it's like, you know, that was what led me to experimenting, giving myself permission for 30 days to test out the experiment or the time schedule I'd always wanted. But isn't that cool that meditate, you, you do meditation differently than I do, but yet we've both gotten great results. So the point is to people listening, just try it, find your own version that works for you. Would you agree with that? Or what would you say? A hundred percent. I would agree with that. And some people appreciate a moving meditation and some people, you know, just listen to music and that the idea is just to, to, to shift out of the sort of active thinking mode, part of our brains. And it doesn't mean that you don't have thoughts that that's not the whole idea because thoughts just happen. That's, you know, what the brain does. It's just kind of how you, how you are present to them and meditation, different meditation techniques just teach you different things for, for, for dealing with, the thoughts when they come up. Are you focusing on your breath? Do you have a mantra? Are you listening to a guided meditation? You know, there's just different ways to get the same impact. Yeah, that's, that's so, so helpful. Thank you for sharing that. And I wanted to go back to where we started, where you were talking about the biggest mistake that mission-based entrepreneurs make. I think it, you, you said it was that they don't take advantage of the fire in their bellies. Um, what do you mean by that? And how can you know, entrepreneurs, you know, mission-based entrepreneurs take advantage of the fire in our bellies. We talked about that a little bit, but I just wanted to make sure that's such an important point that I want to make sure that we really understand what you're recommending there. Well, here's a question that I've started to give people that helps them to access the fire in the belly. And the question would be, the question would be, what would I say to the people that I want to help, what would I say to the people I want to help if I wasn't worried about offending anyone or having any negative impact on my income or my person? Like if I wasn't worried about any negative outcome, what would I really say? Like given the opportunity, what would I really say? And that is so revealing for people like to just like not edit and just go off, you know? And it's, and when I people on their marketing, it's so illuminating because there's, they say some things that they often have not said in their marketing. And sometimes they get at some things that they say to clients when they're really in relationship with them and they're willing to choke them in a virtual manner, you know, <laughs> but they wouldn't necessarily put that in their marketing. So, um, that's what I would, I would suggest that you ask yourself is, you know, if I was, not worried about any negative impact. What would I actually say to the people that I want to help? And, and you know, where you could like really grab them on, one hand on each shoulder and sort of shake them and, and tell them what you think, what would, what would you say? And it will, it will reveal perhaps where you are not speaking your truth in your marketing commandment number three. Yeah, that's a great example. I really like a great point. And it reminds me of a call I was on right before you and I jumped on this interview where I was working with a vacation effect client, different client than the one I choked earlier today, <laughs> virtually choked earlier today. Um, but we were talking about um, the schedule that I'm recommending about carving out time for yourself, having one or two freedom days per week that you don't owe a client an answer if they're wanting to book a call with you then. You just say, how does, you know, like for me, I say, how does Monday, Wednesday or Friday work for you? I don't give them Tuesday or Thursday as an option because those are my freedom days that are just for me. I don't schedule calls or meetings on those days. I don't owe them an explanation, but I used to give them a justification or I'd squeeze them in on a Tuesday or whatever. And so I, I finally had to say, you know what? I'm going to like not have to worry about losing them as a client. And you know what? I didn't lose any clients because of that. But if I do, I'll still be okay because 
I'm not going to live my life around other people's schedules or other people's agendas anymore. And that's what I just told this client I was on the call with earlier today. And he's like, yeah, but what if I um, lose the client? And I'm like, do you really think you're going to lose the client if you say, how does tomorrow work for you? Or how does today from two to five work? I'm not available until one. I'm, I'm tied up. You don't owe them a reason. Do you really think you're going to lose them? Um, well, I don't know. I might. Times are tough right now. Like, really, like, think about that. Like, and you know what? If you do, they probably aren't the best client anyway because they're not giving you any consideration. I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah. So is that, is that, you know, what you mean by, you know, um, you know, what would I say to people that I want to help if I wasn't worried about, you know, them being, being rude to them or losing them as a client or whatever? Is that a good example of that? You mean for your client to have kind of set a boundary around? Yeah. Yeah, yes, like, absolutely. No, not offering that time or like, well, I was just trying to give people some tangible examples of, you know, what would I say to people if I wasn't worried about their, you know, their reaction, you know, the virtual choke is another one. you know, I wasn't yeah. worried about his reaction. Like, you know what? I can't help him if he doesn't let me make this point. <laughs> yeah. Another example would be, let's just say, let's see. Um, Let's say I help people with intimacy, you know, couples with intimacy, and I'm watering it down by saying, you know, um, you know, really try to make time to have, you know, high quality conversation. And, you know, it really would help your relationship versus like, all right, people, if you if a week goes by and you're not having a deep conversation with your beloved, you are you are jeopardizing the future of your relationship and you are setting a bad example for your kids and you're really not taking your relationship seriously. <laughs> right. Like, and that's so much more compelling what I just said mm -hmm. than, than what I said before. And so it's, it's a bit, I, I guess you could say it's like getting in your client's face except before they're your client, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Just get, getting in their face, speaking the truth. And it just cuts through the clutter. Like we are you know, so here's the, here's the thing. People are worried about turning people off in a at a time where things feel like you know you need the money. But here's the thing: if you actually say the things, you will attract more opportunities from way more enthusiastic people that you have totally called them out without even talking. Like you're saying the things that they actually are craving. And if you're mm -hmm. not, then you fall into the background. So that's the whiz bangy marketing tools right now. It's not like the, you know, you need the perfect Facebook ad and the perfect designed button on your thing or whatever. It's speak your truth and you will stand out. Yeah, that's so true. And of course, we're not saying to ignore the elephant in the room whenever there is an elephant in the room. Like at the time we're recording this, you know, the coronavirus pandemic is sweeping the nation and people are dying every day and it's, it sucks, you know, there's no other way of saying it. But like, so you don't want to like be deaf to that, but you don't need to dwell on people's fear either because that's not going to solve anything. Like there are opportunities now to help uplift people and give them the tools that they need to succeed. But you don't want to be deaf, tone deaf to the fact of what they're actually facing. So you're like in my ads, I'm not going to lead with coronavirus. I might just see, you know, while you're at home right now, more than, more than ever, here are some tools that can help you. Don't, that's a big difference than saying while you're stuck at home for a coronavirus, that's a negative connotation. I want to say while you're, while you have more time at home right now, let's leverage it. Here's, you know, I'm making a positive spin on it. So is, you know, that's an example, I think, of what you're referring to. You're being, you know, like you're addressing the elephant in a room um, where you're not being tone deaf, but you're also speaking your truth. Is yes. that, is that fair? Yes. And being, 
authentically of service, then you do not need to question. So I have a lot of clients right now that are saying, well, I don't know if I should make an offer because people might perceive it as taking advantage of the situation. And it, this, this, this question does not just come up, you know, during coronavirus, people are often, you know, tend to make offers about worried about what people think. But I think if you are really authentically genuine in your desire to serve and that you really think people need what you what you have and it could really help them then don't worry about what anybody's going to think about you making the offer just make the offer because it's coming from a place of service mhm mm yeah i think that's i think that's really important well is there any final tip you have a business um lifestyle or um, time hack that really has transformed your life that you'd like to share before we talk about how people can get a copy of your GFR commandments. Any final hack that you want to share that you just love? I love commandment number 11 and people I think are going to dig this one. So it goes, embrace that you are not the same person you were when you made those mistakes and they will not repeat. And the confession question is what past mistakes are causing me self doubt now? This is so freeing for people to get real about how they might be holding back from like example might be from getting into part, a business partnership because you had a bad business partnership in the past and you swore off business partnerships forever. But you know, you're not the same person you were back then. And I could fill in the blank with 12 other examples of how people, Denise, are really holding themselves back because of past mistake. And it is a shortcut and it is a hack to just say, you know what? I am not that same person. I learned some stuff. <laughs> I have lived and I am not the same person who made that decision back then. I am this person now and I'm going to do what feels good now. And then I'll learn what I learn and I'll move forward. <laughs> I love that. That is, that's a great advice. I love that a lot. Well, where can people, Lisa, where can everybody get a copy of the 12 GFR commandments that we've been talking about? You can go to gfr.life forward slash 12C, like the number 12, 1, 2, and the letter C for commandments. Awesome. And I will, so that's gfr.life forward slash 12C. And of course, I will put a copy of that in the uh, show notes. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for chatting with me today and sharing your wisdom on how people can take advantage of the fire of their belly and get fucking real. So I really have enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Thank you for always keeping it real, Denise. Thank you so much. And remember everyone, freedom is a mindset, not a destination. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening. For more information about The Vacation Effect or for details on today's show, head over to our website at vacationeffect.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.